Today in Canadian History for January 17th, I'm Mark Affelt. Future NHL goalie Jacques Plante was born in Quebec on this day back in 1929. During Plante's tenure with the Montreal Canadiens, the team would go on to win six Stanley Cup championships. Beyond the fact that he was one of the greatest goalies of his era, he will forever be remembered for becoming the first goalie to wear facial protection as a regular piece of equipment on November 1st, 1959. This was a monumental step in the advancement of protective equipment in hockey. Ever wonder who it was who brought about the introduction of the helmet into the game? Well, it was an ophthalmologist by the name of Dr. Tom Pashby who led the push towards the standardization of mandatory helmets in the game. To learn more about the advancement of head and facial protection in hockey, I spoke with Dr. Tom Pashby's son, Dr. Bob Pashby. Dr. Bob Pashby continued in his father's footsteps, becoming instrumental in the development of facial protection for young hockey players. Dr. Pashby, why exactly did your father begin to push for the introduction of, of helmets into hockey? Uh, my brother had, a, uh, had a, a serious concussion when he was playing hockey in 1959 prior to any helmets. And uh, my dad, being on staff of sick kids, took him down to sick kids. The neurosurgeon examined him. He was fine and recovered, broke his collarbone, and he was, he was fine. The neurosurgeon said to my dad, how could you let your kid play hockey without protecting his head? My dad said, you're right. How stupid. You're worried about a jock cup and steel toes and Tilly's Kendengars. What about your head? And that really got my dad going. So the next week, I was a half-decent little hockey player. And then my dad said, here's a helmet that he finally found. He said, you wear this. You don't play hockey. So I wore it because I wanted to play hockey. You're 12 years old. What do you do? You play hockey. And I got ridiculed for that rest of that season. The next year, all my teammates had them on. And the rest just became, everybody said, that's a good idea. So that started with the helmets. And I think the same thing with facial protection. You know, it's just part of the deal. And I think every parent wants to protect their child and uh, have them enjoy the, especially the recreational aspect of it, without any, with, with minimizing the risk of injury. And what brought about the introduction of facial protection to hockey? Basically, my dad, uh, who was an ophthalmologist also, um, observed um, I, I, back in the 30s, George Parson playing for the Leafs, lost an eye playing for the Leafs. And a patient, a, night, a patient of my dad's, my dad attended all the Leaf games, and so he often was called to uh, when someone had an eye injury. And in 1953, a fellow named Herb Dickinson playing for the New York Rangers was skating around the net in the warm-ups and was hit in the eye with a puck, and his career was ended. And Andy Bathgate, who was a junior, is now a Hall of Famer, was hauled out of the stands to take his place. And that person, Herb Dickinson, is still a patient in our practice since 1953. So Dad became aware of eye injuries, and uh, there have been a number of NHL players, goalies and skaters, as everyone knows, whose careers have been ended. And people just said, well, that's always not awful. But it took somebody like my dad to finally say, well, yes, it's awful, but uh, can we stop these things? So we did a survey, uh, I was a, a young ophthalmologist, in 1972-73, we surveyed the ophthalmologists across the country. My dad uh, hand-mailed these things to everybody, and asking them to report eye injuries. And what we found that year was staggering. 45 blinded eyes that we got reported, so the number probably was greater than that. And the average age was 14. So my dad got on the bandwagon. He became a member of the Canadian Standards Association, which he already was for the helmets, which he had pioneered earlier. And in uh, so 1976, all his work with helmets, uh, Canadian Amateur Hockey Association, which is now Hockey Canada, mandated that all players wear helmets in 76. 1979, my dad and his committee at Canadian Standards set a uh, standard for facial protection, working with dentists and other people, uh, industry, 
and uh, legislators, and they set a standard for CSA. One year later, in 1980, the Canadian Amateur Hockey Association, now Hockey Canada, required all their players to wear a CSA certified protector. And what we saw was the numbers plummet down to about three or four per year, and those were people who were not wearing facial protection, i.e. the the beer leagues, the older fellows, and stuff like that. And there was a rule way back when, in the 60s, that you could not wear facial protection as a skater. I think they were afraid that somebody was going to use it as a battering ram or something like that, and you know, hurt, hurt other people. So it was a number of events, but uh, just took someone to kind of say, okay, uh, and what my dad did was he collected statistics. And people said, well, it's not a problem, it's not a problem. He said, well, here are the statistics. And he kept going back saying, here are the statistics. Finally, he said, you know, how could you, how could you lie with statistics? You can't. So he finally uh, coerced everybody into agreeing, and the rest is history. Dr. Bob Pashby is continuing to protect athletes by working with the Dr. Tom Pashby Sports Safety Fund, which strives towards the prevention of catastrophic injuries in sports and recreation. Today is a day full of Canadian history. In 1888, Cree leader Big Bear passed away. Big Bear was known for his leadership role in the 1885 Northwest Rebellion. In 1970, Robert Bourassa was elected leader of the Quebec Liberal Party, succeeding John Lesage as Premier. And as always, we aired this episode of Today in Canadian History. Today in Canadian History is produced by CGSW 90.9 FM. The executive producers are Joe Burma and Mark Affeld. Original music is produced by the Fisk, Fletcher and May Trio. Our series is not meant to be a definitive source on our past. Instead, we hope that it sparks a desire to learn more about our unique history. For more information on the series or to recommend an event or moment, check out our website at cgsw.com slash today in Canadian history. All right, it's Canadian quiz time once again. Due to a grandfather clause, NHL players were allowed to play helmetless so long as they entered the league before the helmets became mandatory. Which player was the last in the league to play without a helmet? Playing in the league up to his retirement in 1997, Craig McTavish was the last player to play in the league without a helmet.